raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. NBA All-Star Weekend is coming up very quickly. It's right. just two weekends away. Crazy. And this is a perfect time to celebrate what basketball means to Indiana. And I think the best way to do that is going back to the foundation of some of those first stories of basketball here and why we've made such an impact on basketball in the country. And Oscar Robertson and his basketball teammates at Crispus Attucks High School would be one of those stories especially being here in Indianapolis. And we have a play opening here in Indianapolis next weekend to help tell that story. It's called A Touch of Glory, presented by Deborah Asante and Artists, and it was written by Laura Town. She's a Zionsville resident, and she's here to talk with us about it, along with director Deborah Asante. Laura, we'll start with you. You've written plays before. What made you want to write this one? Well, the inspiration started with a parade. As you're probably aware, every May there is a parade that celebrates the Indy 500. It's also the Memorial Day parade that goes around the circle. And in 2016, the grand marshals of that parade were the surviving members of the 1955 Christmas Addicts team, including Oscar Robertson, but also his other teammates. And as they were going around the circle, I thought, I really don't know much about this story. And I live in Indianapolis. I should know why these people are the grand marshals. I knew that obviously that Oscar Robertson was an NBA Hall of Famer, but I didn't really understand his high school career or why Christmas Addicts was so important. And the more I read about the story, the more I fell in love with it uh, because these men were so resilient and because of everything they went through. Because this school means so much to the community, it is sacred ground. Christmas Addicts, what they accomplished not only in basketball but also in other fields and politics and the military and entertainment. Uh, it's just remarkable, and while the story began with a parade, if you go see the play, you'll understand the significance of that parade in various different ways. And for you, making this a historically accurate project, can you talk on the research that went into making this play? One of the most important things I did was talk to the surviving members, not only of the '55 team, but some of the earlier teams as well, and even some of the later basketball teams about. Their experiences with the coach Ray Crow, their experiences with the principal Russell Lane, their experiences living in Indianapolis at that time in the 50s, and I am so grateful that those men were open and willing to talk to me. I'm sure that some of them thought I was a little crazy because I am a couch potato, a white middle-aged female couch potato who, on the surface, doesn't have much in common <laughs> with them. And for me to just randomly call them or show up at their door and ask if I could. Ask some questions about their experiences. I'm just so grateful they were willing to share.、Uh, the other important thing I would say is that I went through the Indianapolis Recorder archives as well as the Indianapolis Star archives, and just read day by day how the story unfolded in real time. And it was also interesting to see the different perspectives that the two newspapers took.、Mm-hmm. Laura Town, playwright of A Touch of Glory, opening next weekend at Crispus Attucks High School, and it was directed by Deborah Asante. And presented by Deborah Asante and artists. Deborah, for you, how did you join the team? About six years ago, I was approached by Laura's mentor, who said this play is、uh, something that you would really be interested in, and and I was because I'm known to connect with history. My creativity is always connected to history and culture. It's part of my mission as a bridge builder. So. 
when I heard about the story, I was excited. And then I got uneasy because it was written by a white woman. And I kind of thought, well, how is she going to tell this story? And I kind of begged off. But then I was asked to just come and listen to a read of it, a table read. And mm-hmm. I did. And I was so impressed with with Laura's research and her creativity that I talked to her more. And uh, the more we talked, the more I felt like sh- she was open because what she cannot bring is that intimate knowledge of culture. Research is impeccable, but the culture to know that perspective and understand it. And we had some real deep talks about what that would mean, me being a director and having some input on the cultural perspective. And it's worked out fabulously. And in fact, I feel like Laura is not just a a working partner, but a friend. And I feel like this work is important. And the fact that our two perspectives have come together on it makes it even more powerful. Mm -hmm. Laura started touching on it, but Deborah, for you, what does it mean bringing this story to life for people? Well, it's an inspiration for sure, because my community, we have weathered a lot historically. Sometimes it's overwhelming when you process all the oppression or the triumphs that what we've had to push through. And I especially like that this focuses on young people. A lot of times we look at this struggle and what it does to adults, but you also have to look at our young people and how early this whole thing starts where, where these messages are being sent that you are not enough and how do we respond to those messages? So in this story, I love the response. I love how these young men kept coming under the leadership of Coach Crow. No matter what the obstacle was, they kept coming. And then when the ultimate prize was won, they didn't receive the recognition that others had received for doing the same thing. And yet those men went on, not just Oscar Robertson, but the whole team went forward in ways that if we were to look deeply, we could find inspiration in all those men. But Oscar Robertson, especially because of his impact on the NBA and the fact that he was disappointed, yet didn't lay down. It didn't stop him from being a change agent in this world. It didn't stop him from seeing himself as impactful and strong. And I love that about the story. And the story is A Touch of Glory. It's the play opening at Christmas Attics next weekend, February 9th through 11th. That first weekend is going to be a community weekend showing, which is free. And then the next weekend, it will be showing during the All-Star Weekend for just $20 in advance if you buy your tickets online or $30 at the door. That one would be February 16th through February 18th. Laura, we'll start with you. What's the importance of bringing this story to life, especially during the All-Star Weekend? First of all, I am so grateful to our funders, the Lilly Foundation and Gang Gang and IPS and CICF, that we can have this free in the community that first week in the 9th through the 11th. 
there are a lot of people who cannot attend theater because cost is just a barrier. And I'm so grateful that we can have this show free. I do believe it's uplifting and inspirational and that people will see some hope in it, as well as it being historically informative. In terms of All-Star Weekend, we want tourists to know that Indianapolis has played a very important role in the history of basketball. Mm -hmm. Oscar Robertson is one of the most important NBA players who've ever lived, and he is from our home. And if we are celebrating basketball in Indianapolis, we need to celebrate those people who built basketball, and Oscar Robertson is one of them. And that is why I'm so grateful that we can also have it during All-Star Weekend, and we can show the world how much Indianapolis means to basketball and how much Oscar Robertson means to basketball. And a lot of people here in town don't know this story well or think they know it and don't know all the details. And it is something worthy for our own folk to know. It's our right. our legend right here, you know? And so being able to have that free community preview means everything. And then we are also developing a curriculum so that the schools and the curriculum will be offered to the schools for free so that they can creatively teach this story. Just as Oscar's story didn't end here, yours will continue on and that curriculum is going to be huge. You mentioned being a change agent. What's important about the things that you know in being a change agent, not just learning about stories, but being the change agent in your life? I know for a fact, the more you know, the stronger you are. When information is projected on you and you don't know the whole story, it's easy to feel ashamed. Uh, the, the history of enslavement, in fact, growing up, there are a lot of young people who don't want to hear about it. They become um, uncomfortable in a classroom setting. And oftentimes that's because the way it's being taught, if that child knew the whole spectrum of the story, there's very, there's much to, to look to for inspiration of the resiliency, of the tenacity, the, the talent, the creativity. All of those things are not always associated with this story. And so to know more, to embrace history as not something to turn away from because you don't feel your role in it was shiny enough, it impacts your life and it will make you a change agent. Because what do they say? If you don't learn the, the lesson, you will re repeat the class. We have to know what happened before so that we can recognize it. Because look what's happening to our country right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you look back on history, I read a story uh, recently that reminded me so much of what's going on now. And it's so blatant when you are a student of history. You can look at it and say, look, this happened before, guys. We've got to be very, very careful. Director Deborah Asante of Deborah Asante and Artists and the person who wrote the play, Laura Town. Laura, the first time that I met you, you had this beautiful Christmas Attics jacket. Can you talk about that jacket? Yes. <laughs> it is a beautiful jacket. And Corey Young, who is our costume designer, designed that jacket. And it's based on the jackets, the Letterman jackets from the time, but it also honors both teams, 55 and 56, because while 55 was the first black team and first team from Indianapolis to win the championship, 56 
the year after won it again, and they also had an undefeated season. So the jacket was designed to honor both teams. There's 55 and 56 on that jacket, and our costume designer is doing a great job, and he made it as a uh, prototype, and I think everyone wants one now. I get more questions about that jacket than anything. (laughs) Yes. Can you talk about the quote that was included on it as well? They can beat everybody, but they can't beat us. And uh, that's part of the crazy song, which was the victory song for Christmas addicts. And that song means a lot to a lot of people. And that's the tagline. They can beat everybody, but they can't beat us. And I love it as my mantra. (laughs) And that song is written by Edwina Bell Payne, who passed away just a few years ago. She wrote it as a cheerleader, and she was there in the late 40s. She wasn't there in the 50s. She was there in the late 40s. But it is sacred music to a lot of people. You have done a lot of research. I want to go back to the research because I've learned so many new things already, and I can't wait to learn even more just from watching the play. Were there any key moments that you're like, I didn't realize that? And Anything that you learned specifically when you were researching anything new? You know, there are so many key moments. I I would love to have lunch with you and talk your head off and tell you about <laughs> the top 200. Uh, you know, but from the from a different perspective, from the a white person's perspective, you see kind of the hypocrisy of Indianapolis leadership at the time, because they would throw big banquets for the players. They would give the players free haircuts. Black players could eat in the restaurants during basketball season. You know, those same restaurants were closed to other blacks. They were even closed to the players if it wasn't basketball season. Uh, You could work at Blocks, the department store, if you were black, but you could not be a customer at Blocks. So it was kind of this hypocrisy, and I think that's something that we see today. I have a lot of people who I love dearly who say they aren't racist, but if you look at their voting record, you feel like they can't connect the dots because they're voting for people Mm -hmm. who have questionable records on race. So I think part of this play and part of the reason I wanted to write it was for people to really question how can you treat people one way because they have basketball skill, but then not treat other people, you know, equally. How can you be a hypocrite when it comes to race? Mm -hmm. And Deborah, for you, did you learn anything new? Yes, I I learned a lot. Uh, Like Laura said, it's it's so much, Kylan, that it's hard to pinpoint one thing. But I, I will say, Russell Lane, I had done a story on Henry J. Richardson, and I had interviewed uh, his widow, and that was my first introduction to or in-depth information about Russell Lane as a principal. I also did a story uh, on uh, Indiana Avenue, and people talked about Russell Lane. Laura's play gave me more insight on his motives. And when I talked to people, he'd always come across as somebody who was slow for change. And in her play, I was able to see more of why that man, you know, he feared he had been through a lot and he feared what could happen. He calls it a a powder keg when you stand up to white supremacy. And so it helped me to understand that gentleman more and appreciate his work more. Yeah. I feel like I should say... It's just a brief thing about things that we've learned. Ray Crow, as far as I can find in the history of basketball, he was the most winning coach ever in the history of high school basketball. If there's someone out there who can correct me, please email me and tell me because I can't find anyone with a better record. 179 wins, 
20 losses, never got coach of the year from Indiana, never recruited for college, applied to coach at other schools, was always denied, and yet he had this remarkable record. So I just want to say that, put that out there as wow. well. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you guys would like to say about the play before we have to go? We have a very talented cast and crew, and I feel very blessed to work with the group of people that we have. I feel like uh, there's divine energy (laughs) in it. Mm -hmm. And for you, Laura? I agree with Deborah. We are very blessed with all the talent that we have, and I am especially blessed to have Deborah as a partner to work with. I did want to say that I know that we've mentioned Oscar Robertson a few times, but all the men really had remarkable lives, and they were change agents in their own way. You know, I could go through all the men and tell you about their careers and all the wonderful things they did, and we probably don't have time for that. But we will be honoring those men in our own way, and they deserve to be honored. They're all in their late 80s, early 90s, and we should all give them their flowers now, as Deborah would say, uh, and not wait until they pass because they have meant a lot to this community. Mm-hmm. And even some of them will be at the play. Yes. 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 The fact that you're bringing this play to the stage where they played at Christmas Attics because they didn't have a basketball court. What does that mean, being able to open it on this stage? It means a lot. Well, Christmas Attics, as uh, we've already mentioned, is sacred ground. It was built uh, in the play. We call it the white man's victory because it was first developed as a way to segregate the public schools so that all black high schoolers would have to go to that school and not be integrated into the other schools. That in itself, for us to be there and pay tribute to America's high school, that's how <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how uh, right. Addicts refers right. to itself, America's high school. It means a lot. And for the tourists to come to and see it, that means a lot as well. All roads mm-hmm. truly do lead to Christmas Addicts. You can watch the play A Touch of yes. Glory February 9th through 11th. That's the community weekend showing or during All-Star Weekend February 16th through 18th. Go to atouchofgloryplay.com. Again, atouchofgloryplay.com. Written by Laura Town, who you just heard from, and of course directed by Deborah Asante of Deborah Asante and Artists. Thank you both so much for taking time to talk about this magnificent play ahead of opening weekend. Thank you for having me. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.